Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to Business in Heels podcast, the podcast that inspires and educates women in business globally to succeed. Now, over to your host, Anne Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Business in Heels podcast. I'm your host, Anne Marie Cross, the podcasting queen and creator of podcastingwithpurpose.com podcast training. Joining me on today's show is Amanda Campbell. Now, at the age of 24, Amanda was diagnosed with MS, a debilitating incurable disease that renders its sufferers prone to paralysis, to nerve damage, and in some cases, blindness. Now, in 2009, Amanda suffered a major MS attack that left her paralyzed down the entire left side of her body. She was unable to move, to eat, to walk, or even control her own body. And Amanda spent two months living in rehabilitation care and was given only a 50% chance of ever walking again. Now, fighting down the fear and panic, Amanda channeled her energy into a positive force with a mountain of determination and aid of health and medical practitioners, Amanda astounded everyone by not only walking unaided, but running. In 2013, Amanda, an accredited sports kinesiologist, she founded Bend Like Baboo, a pro program that is designed to optimize our health as well as our resilience. And they believe that a flexible mindset impacts everything that matters your body's ability to repair, how happy and resilient you are and how connected you feel. At the core, Amanda believes that renewal is possible and can be possible when the mind and the body are given the right environment. And this philosophy is explored extensively at Amanda's public speaking engagement and of course, as she is an MS ambassador. And it's such an honor to have her on today's show. And here are some of the things she's gonna talk about today how we can learn how to change our mind about what is possible, even in the midst of setbacks. She's going to talk about how to give our mind and body the right environment to optimize resilience and health when faced with setbacks, and how we can apply this to business. So welcome to the show, Amanda. Oh, wow. What a beautiful intro. Thank you, Anne-Marie. And thanks for having me today. Oh, look, you are so very welcome. You know, as I read your introduction and went back to the time where you, you know, you had these major attacks and then fast forward, and I'm sure there's, there's so much learning and insights that you're going to share with us through your journey 
to recovery where you absolutely astounded the medical professionals. And I love stories like this where, you know, so many you know practitioners and the medical industry, oh, no, 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 no. And then not only were you able to walk unaided, but run as well. When you look back and we're talking about resilience, one of the things that I've heard spoken about, you know, from many people is resilience, particularly as we're teaching our young children, is so important because how we look at a situation, whether it be a setback or something which really has us in, in your situation, really had you reflect, you know, moving forward, what's my life going to be like? What are some insights around resilience that maybe you see we're not really doing well? What are some things that, that you see? Well, I think setbacks are designed to build our resilience 100%. It actually gives you um, a, a new way to measure success as well. Yeah. So to give you an example, um, after I came out of that very difficult time, living in rehabilitation, faced with never walking again, um, but, you know, I, I did and that was fantastic. You know, that was a really hard time. But coming home after living in rehab for so long, just to simply be able to put on my own shoes, eat my meal with two hands or drive myself somewhere down the road, I became very grateful about the little things again. And yeah. that allowed me to re-measure how I valued success, mm. which then built, um, it, it redesigned happiness for me because I started to absorb real joy again for the first time in a long time. So I think that's the gift of setbacks. Yeah. And I think that um, the light and dark moments, that comparison, there's a true reason behind it. Um, mm there's a huge there's a purpose there yeah yeah you know sometimes times um, we often will go through challenges and setbacks and and i love how now you're speaking hope and possibility into the lives of many people people that perhaps themselves have just gone through the you know finding out that they have um, multiple sclerosis ms but also to any setbacks and i love the way that you remind us it's how we look at something not that you'd want anyone to go through what you had to go through through, I think, but reminding no. us that so often we take for granted the little things that when it is almost taken away from us, we, as you said, to be able to put on your shoes, to be able to drive yourself, to be able to eat mm. with two hands, we take those things for granted. But let's talk about how to change our mind about what is possible. That's the first step, isn't it? What is possible? Because so many of That's us awesome. limit ourselves. Well, I really believe that what we deeply believe about ourselves and our circumstances become our goals. And then that's therefore how we perceive the world and how we see the world. Um, and that's also a mirror reflection of what happens biochemically in the body. It always comes down to whether you're firing an alarm state, that's mm. a sense of urgency, or whether you're firing um, a safer state where your body doesn't need to prioritise survival anymore, so it prioritises healing and repair. Mm. It really comes down to those two pathways as to um, how I got better and then how I help my clients. Yes. Um, so your mindset is a mirror image of what you deeply believe. And the way I learned that was, um, you know, when I was diagnosed at age 24, I started to focus all of my energy on what I didn't want and what I was scared of that might happen, mm. that I might end up disabled, bedridden or worse. And so I just distracted myself as much as possible, denying how I really felt about that. Um, so I was focusing on what I didn't want because I was in that alarmed state. Yeah. When I'm, uh, I wasn't looking after myself as a result and my body started to get worse um, and my 
body, I guess, started to catch up with how emotionally paralyzed I felt. And five years later at age 29, I became paralyzed on the entire left-hand side of my body. Mm. And um, it took a slow, cruel 10 days for my face to drop. My arm twisted. It looked like a stroke. My leg and foot just stopped working. Um, so I was sent to hospital, had the traditional amount of three to five days of steroids, but I still wasn't responding to treatment at all. They transferred me to rehabilitation. Luckily, I was um, at um, Epworth Richmond, a fantastic hospital in Melbourne. Um, they've got a fantastic rehab centre where you can live as well. And so, um, so I, there were many, many, many weeks of nothing mm. and just a black hole time. And I, I sat down in front of a, another doctor who explained at the rehab centre, um, you know, you're not responding to treatment. This could be permanent. Mm. Um, so that was a really hard time, but I needed to go through that because I was no longer distracted. I was in four walls having to face my reality, mm. which actually ended up being way less stressful than all the thoughts I had about yeah. what could happen mm -hmm. rather than, well, what's happening right now, yeah. inevitably. And so but there was a very special moment where everything changed for me living in rehab. Mm. And um, it really changed my focus because I saw hope. There was one night... Um, in fact, the girls took me out. We um, wheeled me down in my wheelchair to uh, the restaurant across the road and we just had dinner and laughed and laughed and forgot about the 24-7 hell that was my reality mm. just for a couple of hours, you know. And I was feeling such joy um, that night that I simply thought it was just because I was feeling really happy. I felt this jolt in my brain, like a reconnection. And um, I thought, oh, that's good. But I came back to my room and my toe on my paralyzed foot moved for the first time. And it was in that moment I found hope and wow. I saw evidence that it could change. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I then almost was brave enough to focus on what I wanted instead yes. of what I didn't want. And there was a huge mindset shift. Yes. That shift was so profound in that my recovery accelerated. I had a very balanced approach. I had a wonderful team of doctors. I had neurophysiotherapists. And then I had a kinesiologist who came and tuned me up every few days. So that real east meets west yes. approach to maximize, you know, my repair. Oh, and, um, and that's how I believe I, it accelerated um, walking. I, mm. I, I then I went from being in a foot brace to then they just taped my knee up. And then a couple of, we of weeks later, I was walking on my own and I was a woman on a, on a mission because I was channeling so much energy, focusing on what I didn't want and what I was scared of. Mm -hmm. But now I was had this courage and hope that I could get my body back. I threw just as much energy into my recovery. And so, you know, I was first in at physio and I was last to leave. And I really believed, I guess that was the shift. Mm -hmm. I really believed it could happen. And so very, very quickly, again, my body followed, yes. luckily. Um, and yeah, I think it was, I was lucky too. I mean, I have a couple of lesions on my brain and one on my spine. It is harder to achieve that recovery when you've got lots of lesions on the brain. This won't happen for everybody, of course. Mm -hmm. I think it was a mixture of being in the right place at the right time in the right environment. Um, and I have relapsing remitting MS, mm. which means it's much easier to recover if you yes. do have one of those relapses yeah so yeah that's how my mind shift um 
changed Amazing. And, and how that reflected in my body. Yeah, we said in the introduction that you spent two months living in re rehabilitation. Can you remember at what time in that period that it was that your girlfriends took you out? Because you said rapidly, once you realised, once your toes started moving, you thought, hang yeah. on a minute. So can you remember the time frame that was? It was about, I think, I think it was it, between four to six weeks, somewhere around there. Wow. It's all blurred now. It's like nine years ago. But I've thought about that exact question. Yes. But it was definitely a month where nothing was really, it was weeks and weeks and weeks. It was either three, four or five weeks where it was still in that no-go zone. Mm. Um, and then, um, yeah, I started with tiny little exercises. There was another moment I remember in the very early stages before I found hope, I still knew I had to change my mind mm. about what was, what was possible. And it was in my first or second session, I was just given these simple exercises to make my fingers open and close. And I just, it, I couldn't do it. And it was mm. so hard. Um, and so I remember crying and I knew in that moment I could either give up mm. or I had to change my mind and my approach about what I believed could be possible. Yes. But once I found that glimmer of hope, and I think, Joy has a huge part in it from uh, what looking back. Yeah. It's not enough to just recite affirmations and eliminate stress out of your life, although those things are very important. Mm -hmm. You have to um, seek joy. Yeah. Something that you said too, and I just want to touch on this, and then we'll certainly move on to, to um, you know, the mind and body and the right environment, so very important. Mm -hmm. I went to an event just recently where someone um, specialises in helping people with laughter. And she said there's scientific evidence that when you laugh, certain chemicals are you know, created in your body and it can make a significant <clears throat> impact. And I think laughing yeah. with your friends could really just, and, and you forgot, you, you know, the, 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 the thoughts that you were holding on to about all the things that you didn't want to achieve, you kind of let that go in the moment. And then all of a sudden, you know, through that laughter and joy, as you said, um, can make a significant difference. The body is one of the most, and you would know this yourself now, being a kinesiologist, um, yes, how how it can heal itself, and even the brain can, yeah. you know, heal itself. There's evidence, um, exciting evidence coming out of uh, neuroscience as well. But environment yeah. is really important. Internal environment, how we're looking after our bodies, and yeah. our mind, of course but also external environment. So yeah. I'm assuming that all of the doctors there always had your best interest at heart. We have to be very mm -hmm. mindful about what we let into our mind and what we surround ourselves. Speak a bit more about this because I'm sure this was such an important aspect of your recovery and healing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, how we perceive our environment is key as to whether we're going to... Um, that alarmed and urgency chemistry is no different if we were running from a predator back in the day where we fire adrenaline and cortisol, inflammation and stress occurs and uh, we burn glucose for fuel um, and we go into selfish mode because we're in that protection bubble and we don't feel like we've got everything that we need and we go into grasping mode um, and there's no room for repair in that model. Um, as opposed to, so it, it how you see your environment and how you're perceiving, you know, work, home, anything in your external, in the pockets of life that we have, it, it's really important to understand um, and alter whatever's causing an alarm state for you or more how you're perceiving that mm. and why and whether you can change your mind about that. Because sometimes things happen when we're young and in our current lives, things can trigger off how we used to feel. 
So sometimes what's going on right now in our, in our environment is not actually a problem. It's just triggering off something old that we haven't processed or dealt with. Yeah. In the external environment, so um, when I came home, I, I, after living in rehab for two months, I was so grateful to be mobile again, but I still had to lie down half the day. I still had multiple MS symptoms and emotionally I had lost myself. Mm. So I went and studied and researched um, rapid recovery. Mm. What's at play when we do look after ourselves, we might eat the right food, we might even exercise, but when we get sick, um, you know, what happens when those people get sick? Why is that? And, you know, the other way around, what happens when we're not well, we're not deemed to recover at all, but we do, what's at play there? So um, the first thing I came uh, across that was Im impeccably important was nutrition. So mm. food is our foundation and then mindset came second. So that's why I wanted to bring up nutrition mm. first because nutrition is your foundation. Think of um, nutrient-dense food as fuel to your cells to, yeah. to enable us to just be talking to each other right now, mm. daily processes. But when you're in repair, you need a lot more than the recommended daily intake of, you know, five cups of um, five servings of vegetables a day. And I think it's over 98% of us aren't eating that. Mm. Um, but when you're in repair, the research I came across was that we actually need more like nine um, cups of fruits and vegetables a day. Dr. Terry Walls is a neurologist with MS herself and has a much worse case than I had having progressive MS, living in a wheelchair for a number of years. But being a neurologist, she went and hit the books. There's lots of um, other doctors as well. There's Professor Jelinek in Melbourne and there's um, old school, um, back in the day, Swank and Google, lots of research. This is all on my website. But the most common denominator across the board with a few differences of opinion of, you know, vegetarian, vegan, paleo, blah, 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 mm. is um, deeply coloured fruits and vegetables. So your leafy greens, you know, your plums and beetroots, deeply coloured sulfur-rich foods help to detox the cells um, and iodine-rich foods such as seaweed, um, lots of fibre, um, fermented foods, anything that really promotes gut health as well. Yes. And if you are choosing to um, eat meat, that's fine. Just make sure you go for ethically sourced and organic as much as possible. Mm. Um, and so when you eat better, you're going to feel better. And when you feel better, you're more inclined to make better choices mm -hmm. and to value yourself. Because you know when you feel good, you're more inclined to change your mind about things yes. and to get out of your comfort You've got to, zone. It impacts your entire outlook, doesn't it? Totally, <laughs> totally. So once I started to eat um, nutrient-dense food, it took a couple of months living at home, and then I started to jog every day around the tan with my new little puppy. I bought little Henry yeah. when I got home. Um, and I thought, wow, that is a huge difference. And for Dr. Terry Wall, she went from being in a wheelchair to bike riding a marathon by altering her nutrition like that. It was incredible. Um, and then I realized, well, you can still eat the right food, but you can still get sick. Mm -hmm. Like there's still that combination. And so mindset became the pivotal aspect. And that's what led me to study kinesiology is um, I've always had a passion for, for medicine and energy um, and that East meat based approach. Mm -hmm. um, you know how some people can sit down and play piano? Yeah. yeah. I, I've always understood energy, but I just didn't know what to do with it. I could feel it. I could, I could sense it. And my mum's like this as well. But once I studied um, sports kinesiology, I was like, oh, so this is what I do with it. Okay, yeah. great. Um, but it taught me the most valuable lesson other than the fact that, you know, structural essences of how your muscles are related to different organs mm. and your muscles are connected to your brain by the nervous system, which is why using acupressure, you can actually change your posture and the tension yeah. in your muscles, but also the biochemistry, how your um, hormones fire. 
but also the different groups of muscles are related to your emotional states mm. and often the subconscious ones mm. that we push out of our awareness just to cope with every day. Yeah. That and the understanding of what, what's at play for mm. you in that way is a game changer. Because yeah. once you understand what's suppressed um, and the deep subconscious aspects that um, we can vary, you can then raise it into your awareness mm. and take responsibility so of what, how you got yourself there, why you've buried it, and then what you're going to do to move forward. Yes. And then you can process this stuck energy in your body that can um, mirror pain and um, you know, progress to disease. Yes. So mindset is a huge game changer. Um, and then also um, the other way to give your body the right environment is movement's really important. There's mm-hmm. a lot of research that shows, you know, um, it helps with um, brain health. Um, happiness and um, you know moving your body uh, but also don't forget if you've been in a very alarmed state for a long period of time you will want to combine restorative exercise with strength and endurance mm. so um, um, you, you really want to sort of be working with the right practitioners to understand that ratio yes fabulous um, so much gold yeah, and, yeah. yeah well the other way to understand how the mind's connected to the body is um, an understanding of muscles where a lot of people say you're out there and you have a lingering sore neck mm. and it just, it just doesn't seem to go away no matter, no matter how many structural things you do to it, you might want to look at the emotional aspects of those muscles. Yes. So, you know, the spleen stomach um, often alludes to um, people that are, are prone to over-worrying and mm. overthinking. So if you can use movement or meditation um, and other tools to get out of your head and drop into your heart and into your body, that can also really help. Yes. Um, some people might have a lingering sore lower back that just not, never seems to resolve itself. Again, emotionally, those um, muscles are related to, or some of them are related to the large intestine. Mm. And what's the job of the large intestine? It's to let go of impurities the body doesn't need anymore. So emotionally, what are you holding on to that you might need to move forward from? Yes. And simply by realising and changing your mind about a few of these things can change um, the tension in your muscles. Yes, yes. Because you know what's really fascinating about that is so many people are not aware of it, and I mean there are studies that are done mm. that show that confirm a neuroscience, you know, science. And I love all of this stuff because there's so much information that we can glean from that and realize, oh, okay. But there's different parts of the brain, as we know, left and right, creative, analytical, um, front global is more the emotion and so forth so when aspects of the brain get damaged that's why certain things happen loss of memory and so forth too so what you're mm-hmm. saying and this is i've heard this you know very um for many years as the studies continue that there are certain muscles and body parts that hold those key emotions and you know you hear of families that genetically get similar diseases their grandparents had had similar diseases and so on and so forth. Yet people who've understood what you've just shared, in fact, I heard someone say yesterday, she's very much into um, EFT, even I think she's in kinesiology as well, but she's worked mm-hmm. through all of those, you know, the traumatic events through her life and so forth. She was able to break the cycle. So whilst a lot of her family had cancers, heart attacks because of stress and everything, 
when she yeah. went to her doctor, her doctor says you're a healthy specimen, you know, but she's yeah. dealt with a lot of that emotion. So what is a good place to start for someone who is just hearing this for the very first time? You've shared some really great, uh, you know, things. Food, nutrition, so important. Mindset, so important too. Where's a great place for them to start? Obviously go to your website, which we'll ask you to share shortly, but what are some things that you would say to someone who maybe is just hearing this for the first time? Well, morning and evening rituals would be the place to start. And what, what I do and what I teach at my practice is meditation and journaling. And they're a great go-to for morning and evening rituals. So to leverage the, the, your, um, the focus point of your brain, which is the reticular activation system, um, to learn about that, you know, jump on um, my resources page at benlikebamboo.com. But to leverage that, you want to focus on what you want from the start of the day instead of what you don't want because then you're going to hear that more in conversations. You're going to see that more in your environment. So journal in the morning. What is your intention? What you want to work on? And imagine like it's already happened, you know. What would it look like? What would it feel like if you deeply believed that you could have that? Um, almost imagining it like a projector screen and then um, let it all go and let the day play out um, um, because, you know, you'll be surprised what comes at you. Yes. Um, and then meditation is really important because to quiet the mind and let go of all the incoming stimulus, mm. there's such a reorganisation mm. and homeostasis patterns that happen um, that I could go on and on about. But just, yeah, if you can meditate in the morning mm. for 20 minutes and, um, and, and journal in the morning and then in the evening as well, um, and then you might want to reflect on the day in your journal um, and then write down what you've learned and what's mm. a step you can make tomorrow. I actually have a journal. I've got six ebooks um, that go through meditation, journaling, mindset, movement um, on the ebook section of my website. Yes, so they're, they're available as great resources. But yes. there's so many ways that there's lots of meditations out there, lots of journals. Mm. They're a great go to. And then over the course of the day, I give my clients a wristband, but you can just get any elastic band. And when you catch yourself focusing on what you don't want instead yep. of what you do want, give it a little flick and go choose again in that moment to change yeah. your mind. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing about that, isn't it? We have the ability to change our mind instantly and, as you say, start to focus. And these the principles that you just talked about, journaling, starting the day off, what is it that you want? And then at the end of the day, reflecting, showing gratitude, even, and you've, you've given us this beautiful lesson in the role model that you are. Uh, being appreciative of the setbacks because I'm a true believer as you are that mm. there is a lesson and a learning in every single setback and challenge that we are faced with and in actual fact can become a strength which you're now sharing and teaching and being that hope and possibility to others as well. So thinking about that and the band, you know, in business, what would be some other things? Because one of the things that you said, and I think this is so often in business as well, you were saying you were focusing on what you didn't want. You were focusing on, so the fear of the fear was even greater than when you actually found yourself in that situation. How many of us in business are fearful of speaking up because mm. we're going to get criticised? Speaking up and thinking, who am I to speak into this area? Yes, I'm not the expert. Yes. What are some things? Because this is so you know, relevant to so this too. True, so true. And how many of us in business are constantly focusing on what are the competitors doing <laughs> and you know what everybody is just focusing on what Instagram you're feed doing is just really amazing, you know? <laughs> Imagine we just focused on like what we really loved, became masters at it. And, you know, but, you know, it's good to be mindful. It's everything in balance, right? Yes. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But look, all the lessons I learned in my recovery, I actually realized applied when I was 
um, or in business and in performance for yeah. optimal performance. Mm. So a couple of years ago, I was um, super busy running um, my food business whilst also um, still seeing clients with my private practice. And, um, and I realized that, wow, all those lessons and skills and tools were keeping me on top of my game yeah. um, and, you know, allowing me to maximize my brain power to stay fit and well, which, which worked really well. So then yeah. I started to see, wow, I just can merge into the corporate market where I can actually help people that are really busy. Who I found, these people found are the ones that I found that I was helping in my private practice, really successful women and men mm -hmm. that um, just didn't know how to slow down anymore because that's how they seek value um, and worth mm -hmm. in their life. So mm -hmm. it's really always somewhere in the middle and it's always different. I don't definitely don't have all the answers. I'm not a, definitely not stating that I'm a guru at all. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I have learned a lot of lessons and I do really enjoy sharing them because if I knew what I knew now back then, Wow, but you know that's the point. I was yeah, to absolutely. Yeah. Share a little bit about kin kin kinesiology. Oh, that's a, a, a mouthful, but not really. But um, <laughs> no, because right. here's here's why here's why I asked this. So many of us um do ha have you know various events that happen to us as a child, or maybe things have passed down from generation to generation, and we are holding that in our body. Awareness of that is really key. But, you know, often we may talk about certain things and, you know, that's great, you know, getting it out and talking about it. Sometimes that we, through speaking with someone, can certainly allow that to lessen so that it doesn't have such a grip on us. But with what you do, and obviously there's different movements and touches and things that we actually release it so we're no longer carrying it around. So explain a little bit more about what that is, if you don't mind. Yeah. So you might exercise your mind with, uh, say, crossword puzzles and you might exercise your body, say, at the gym. Uh, we're not taught how to exercise our chi and yeah. kinesiology taps into the traditional Chinese method of acupuncture, but yes. we don't use needles. We call it acupressure because of that. Um, and it's just, it's just another outlet um, yeah. of the, the chi system of how to move because everything's connected structurally, yeah. biochemically, emotionally, energetically. All those levels are working all at the mm. same time in your body. And when you go in on an electromagnetic level, you can change the tension of a muscle. You can yeah. alter how a hormone fires and the neurotransmitters um, physically, um, structurally, all those levels in the body. Mm. Um, and so because of um, the understanding of how the emotions are linked to the different muscle groups and meridians, you can get all in one session an insight into how the body's performing structurally, whether you need to align a neck or a hip. As a sports kinesiologist, mm. I do the structural stuff as well. Not all kinesiologists do that. You can get a very quick understanding of where their hormones are at, that what nutrition they might need yeah. um, to tweak um, supplements. Um, there's fantastic um, naturopaths that are also kinesiologists as well. Mm. Um, and then emotionally, what emotions might need to be addressed that we're not looking at or what they might need to realize to change their minds about what's possible. Mm. And simply at the end of the session, we're just holding points that move chi in a five element law yeah. um, that reorganizes. Um, it's almost like you would have blood clots. It's like chi clots. Yeah. And you just hold um, points that will to, to move that. But the information that, that's behind that is the golden stuff. Yes, yes. Um, so and a lot of us don't realise, do we, that, that we're carrying that yeah. round till we start having a conversation and um, and then, oh, okay. And that's why that, repeat, you know, pattern is repeating. And so often I, I'll say to people, if, there's, if you're saying to yourself, why is that happening again? There is a lesson that needs to be learned in that or there's something that's no longer serving you that you need to let go. 
And um, thank you for sharing that. And of course, share again your website so that people can go. There's obviously lots of resources there that you've got to offer there. So what's that website once again? The best website is probably the one, my speaking website, which is Amanda Campbell, which is pbell.com.au. Because from that website, you'll see my speaking um, information, but that leads you to Ben Like Bamboo, which is yeah. my private practice. Fantastic. Look, thanks once again for coming on the show. Um, you know, your inspiring message, as you say, there is always hope and possibility in any setback. We just need to, um, to be mindful of that, have joy and then change our environment. But definitely, as you say, start with nutrition first, then mindset. And, um, and then, of course, all of those resources are on both of those websites. So once again, thanks for coming on the show. That's all right. Thanks so much for having me and Marie. Just everybody, if you can have a daily way of processing your um, emotions, that's, that's the best way. Yeah, so fabulous. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.